Hello from the Financial Times in London. I'm Tom O'Sullivan and this is News in Focus, where we offer our insights into the stories that matter. Saudi Arabia is making a high-stakes investment in India as the world's largest crude oil exporter seeks to deepen its ties with the fastest-growing energy consumer. The Saudi state energy giant plans to take a 20% stake in Reliance Industries' refining and petrochemicals business, valuing the business at $75 billion. Here with me to discuss the deal is Anjali Raval, the FT's senior energy correspondent, and down the line we're joined by our Mumbai correspondent, Benjamin Parkin. So Ben, what are the terms of the deal and how favourable are they for Reliance? Well, Aramco is going to take a 20% stake in Reliance's oil and petrochemicals business which they valued at 75 billion American dollars, including debt. So that means Reliance will get about 15 billion dollars, which is a huge sum and one of the largest foreign investments ever in India. In addition, Reliance will obviously get access to Saudi Arabia's enormous oil reserves. It'll get access to Aramco's technology, which will help it to make its refining operation more sophisticated and so on. And it will get access to Aramco's management expertise and Aramco will appoint some managerial positions within the new unit that they're forming. However, the deal isn't finalised yet and there are details to resolve. Reliance's chairman Mukesh Ambani initially announced it in a very confident fashion at their annual general meeting, but Aramco went on to pour a little bit of cold water on that by saying that it was still at a relatively early stage. However, Reliance are confident that it's just a matter of time until they conclude it. And what's the appeal of the Indian market for Saudi Aramco? Are other foreign oil and gas majors increasing their investments in the country too? Well, BP and Reliance recently entered into a deal to form a network of petrol stations and an aviation fuels business. So clearly oil and gas majors are interested in India, and for good reason, because it's the fastest growing energy consumer in the world. And it is among the fastest growing large economies, you know, there are literally tens of millions of people and even hundreds of millions of people in some cases entering these new markets as consumers for the first time. So whether it's driving cars or motorcycles, flying in planes, buying and switching on TVs, getting connected to the electricity grid. And no other country in the world, bar I guess China, can claim anything like that. So with you know demand lagging in other parts of the world, India is very important for Aramco and other big oil and gas companies. And why is the partnership with the Reliance particularly important for Aramco? Well, Reliance has one of the world's largest and most sophisticated refining operations, a state-of-the-art complex in Gujarat on India's west coast. But crucially... Reliance also has a strong presence throughout India and across regions and sectors that few others can claim to have a presence. So it has an incredible reach among Indian consumers. And in addition to its oil and chemicals business, it has two very fast-growing, relatively new businesses in retail, Reliance Retail, and in digital services called Geo. And now it's not obvious how these could help a company like Aramco or BP, but there are lots of opportunities and you know, Reliance executives have talked about that. So Geo has 340 million mobile customers, which is you know, equivalent or larger than the population of the US. So it's a huge base of people and Geo could create some kind of loyalty scheme whereby its customers have an incentive 
to refuel at a specific petrol station network or whatever it is, or you know, Reliance has lots of land on which Aramco could build if they need to, which would massively speed up what's otherwise a time-consuming and painful bureaucratic process. What will Reliance use the investment for? Well, one crucial thing is to pay down its debt. So Reliance has come under an increasing amount of scrutiny for its growing debt pile, precisely because it spent a huge amount of money in order to build up this digital geo-business almost sort of from scratch in some senses. So it has a net debt of around $22 billion at the end of the most recent financial year, which is much larger than what it had a few years ago. So this has concerned some investors and analysts who have downgraded the rating on their stock. So alongside the Aramco deal, Reliance announced that it plans to be a net debt zero company by 2021, and the roughly $15 billion it's going to get is going to make a huge difference to that, needless to say. But Reliance is adamant that the deal is not about paying down debt. It's a strategic partnership and it's part of a broader vision that involves bringing on more partners, not just in the oil business, but across the company in order to sort of shake up the way it's run and its management structure. And how will its digital and retail businesses fit with its oil and chemicals operation? The retail and digital businesses currently account for around 30% of EBITDA. But Reliance wants to increase that share to around half. Now, this is all part of quite an ambitious strategy to go from being a business that refines oil and makes petrochemicals to a consumer-facing giant that will provide you with everything from mobile phones to your TV service to clothes to food and much more. Now, in order to do this, the company plans to restructure in quite a significant manner. So it wants to separate the oil and chemicals unit into which Aramco is investing into a separate entity within five years. And it may list it. It also wants to list Geo and Reliance Retail over a similar time frame. So in five years' time, Reliance will look very different and, you know, something more akin to a holding company. Will the deal succeed in winning regulatory approval? Reliance is confident that it will and... It'll be closed by March next year, 2020. But as I said, the terms still have to be finalised with Aramco, who were a little bit more hesitant in their own statements. Anjali, turning to you, how does this deal fit in with Aramco's overall strategy? So Saudi Aramco has made a huge effort over the last few years to expand abroad, and this is mainly through Asia and uh, fast-growing emerging economies. And it's struck a huge number of refinery partnerships across Asia from Korea and now to India. The plan is always to lock in future sales of crude. It's a measure of security for the world's biggest oil exporter to be able to do this. The point is also that it wants to secure these markets where demand is still growing quite quickly, particularly as consumption elsewhere begins to weaken. And over time, we're going to see more and more of this, particularly with a big global push towards cleaner fuels. And so this is all part of their overall strategy towards diversification? So it's diversification, but in a slightly different sense. The kingdom And Mohammed bin Salman, the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, has actually talked about moving the country's economy beyond oil. But if it wants to do that, it needs to have a steady stream of cash coming from its existing oil and gas businesses in order to fund 
all the new stuff and create Saudi Arabia 2.0. So whether it be in technology or tourism, mining, all these other sectors that Saudi Arabia wishes it could, it will be an expert in at some point, but it has to leverage its know-how now in order to do that. You mentioned there Saudi Arabia's efforts to diversify away from fossil fuels, away from dirtier sources of energy. Where is it at with that particular process? So the kingdom's diversification of its economy is largely to do with sort of securing its future government revenues. And it's extremely early stages. They've tried to invest in a huge number of technology companies abroad. These are very fast-growing companies in some ways, but actually they're not generating the kinds of revenues their traditional oil and gas businesses can deliver. So it's very tricky. What's also happened as they've been trying to embark upon this big plan led by the very powerful and quite impatient Crown Prince is that they have had a series of political crises from the killing of journalist Jamal Khashoggi. And what that has done is created this sort of wave of international censure and stopped the country from getting these funds from abroad that it really needed to help diversify the country's economy. But this is another reason why they've turned to India. India has been there with open arms and is really willing to legitimise and give Saudi Arabia that ranking as a global investment powerhouse with a deal like this. And also because India's economy is still heavily reliant on polluting fossil fuels. So will Aramco's technical know-how that they they seem to have offered as part of this deal help India to cut back on the pollutants that are so damaging to the health of the population? What I would say is that at this stage, the answer is probably no. India has got one of the most aggressive renewables programmes out there. But the demand is growing so quickly that they need more of everything, whether it be oil, gas, coal even, as well as newer forms of energy that are cleaner like solar. So India is probably looking to Saudi Arabia to ensure that India's energy security is firmly in place. And this, remember, comes at a time when oil supplies from countries such as Iran or Venezuela have really been disrupted. It's obviously a private company, Reliance, but there is a broader context in which this deal is happening. You mentioned there the fall off in supply from the likes of Venezuela and Iran. In terms of the amounts of oil we're talking about as part of this deal, will this offset the loss of those imports for India from Iran because of the US sanctions? So what we've already seen is that some countries such as Saudi Arabia and Iraq have tried to replace Iranian barrels, not just in India, but other countries too. And the thinking here is for Reliance that they will end up securing 40% of the amount of oil that they need from Saudi Aramco itself. But there still will be other suppliers out there. And Anjali, how confident is Saudi Aramco that this deal will go through? Saudi Aramco has said that India is a massive strategic priority for the company and the country. But the chief financial officer did say on the company's first ever earnings call that the deal was still at a very early stage. Due diligence was still required over the next four months or so, and board approval was still required. So they really were trying to, as Ben said, water down how far along this deal had gotten to. But what I would say is very senior officials in Saudi Arabia and also in India definitely would have had to sign off on this for it to even get to this point.
Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Did you know the Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc., 